Hey guys, what an episode we have for you today. Arguably the biggest player in the A-League, Tolgate Arslan, joins us today from Melbourne City. We go through his incredible career winning Super League titles in Turkey, also playing against Cristiano Ronaldo and Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the CDR. His plans to stay in Melbourne and also we're joined by his Dortmund coach at the under-19 level, Peter Hubala, who was the, one of the youngest head coaches ever to coach in Germany, who also worked with Jurgen Klopp. It's an absolute football feast for you. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Unlaced podcast. As I always say, if you are new here, thank you for turning up. And if you've come back again, I absolutely love you. We've had a massive year in 2023. And I tell you what, we're going to go for some bigger and better things this year. But what an episode we have for you today. For all the football fans out there, you guys know that football is in the DNA of the podcast. And we couldn't have got some bigger guests on today to talk about some of the game around Australia, but particularly in Europe with the individuals that we have. We have Melbourne City's Tolge Arslan. We have the famed German head coach, one of the youngest head coaches to come out of Germany, Peter Hubala, and of course, Jason Vermeer, the assistant coach of Beijing. The last two seasons. The last two seasons. There you go. I got that right. That was a hard intro with three people, but because <laughs> we just met now as well. But thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank Appreci- you. Appreciate it. Is it the first time in Australia for you? No, I was for 10 years. I was uh, in Sydney. Oh, in Sydney. But it was only by a friend, only drinking and chilling. Okay. So it was nothing to do with football. Or... <laughs> <laughs> and that's was... the best part. That's yeah. the best way to experience Australia. Yeah, I'm now three, four days in Melbourne and uh, yeah, okay. drinking and chilling. <laughs> <laughs> Same again, yeah? Perfect. And Tolga, for you, is first time you come to Australia through Melbourne City or you've been here yeah, before? Yeah, first time. First post podcast. First part, I know. I feel very honored. So huh? That's why I needed uh, support. <laughs> a big, big man next to me. Yeah, you know? well, for the listeners at home, we're going to go into it. But the relationship between you two stems from very young, huh? In Borussia Dortmund days. When yeah, when I was 17. Yes. 17. So you were the coach of the under-19 team when Tolga was playing or… Yeah, I was uh, under-19 coach and the first time I saw him was the under-17 German final. Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich. Wow. And Bayern Munich won this final, but, um, uh, and then I was uh, checking the, the players and then Toya come inside, I think, I think in the 20 minutes for the end. He come in the game. And, you know, I like dribbler. I like one against one players. I like rebels. I like, uh, you know, and everybody talk a little bit. Oh, Toya to, to, is a bit difficult guy. And, <laughs> and then I, I I saw the match, and I um, and there was a little bit discussion. Ah, Toya stay by Borussia Dortmund or not or no? And then uh, and I said to the uh, youth coordinator from Borussia Dortmund, hey, I like his style. I like his skills because he did everything alone. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, but he was very good in this twenty minutes. Wow. But they but they lost the final. Okay. okay, so you're, because you're from Turkish background, but grew up in Germany, huh? Yeah, I grew up in Germany, and uh, I, I was lucky that he was my head coach then in the under-19, because my standing in the club was not like, because we had Götze as well. Yeah. Uh, he was the, like, he was, the star. Uh, but everybody knew already with 12 that he going to be uh, like the professional. It was mm. like the son of the club, and for me it was difficult. And even like the old coach who was before him, I knew I, it will be very hard. Heiko Ali. Yeah, Heiko. Oh. Yeah. yeah, old professional I, player. <laughs> and Heiko was, uh, uh, you know, you have always so creative coaches and structure coaches. Right. And uh, Heiko was a good striker, but a working player. And right. working players, they like working 
yeah, uh, working coaches like working players. And, um, you know, Tolga is a guy who say his opinion and you see it also says his opinion on the pitch. Mm. There's one against one. And sure, if you play one against one, a lot of time you lose also. Yeah, of course. Sometimes the ball. But um, I remember if I was coming, first he was also sitting on the bench, I think, the first two, three matches. And then uh, he come more and more on um, yeah, number 10. Wow. It's, cra it's a crazy story. So how is your connection with Peter? Well, uh, Peter was the head coach of the second team of Red Bull Salzburg. And uh, my kind of a football grandfather, he was the assistant of uh, Peter. And I was injured and he asked me like, It might, maybe coaching is something nice for you. It's all right. So I went first time to Red Bull Salzburg. I was 17 years old and I was okay. I was with the, in the 13s. And then this grandfather, let's say, came back to Red Bull Salzburg to assist Peter. He was the mm -hmm. head coach of uh, Red Bull Salzburg second team. And I remember I was in the pitch watching the session and he came up the pitch. He said, Jason, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to watch the training, uh, Peter. He said, no, no, no. You need to train now <laughs> to give a session. And I was 17 years old, you know. Players like uh, Valentino Lazaro, I think Ante yeah. Choric, yeah. Martin Hinterrecher. Oh, you've got him coaching. Uh, Paminger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I do not questions. I say direct, <laughs> direct. You come inside. Ah. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not discussion with 70 year old boys. Uh, <laughs> He's still like this, huh? Yeah. Jason, go there. Jason, do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm now yeah. almost 30 years old. <laughs> I, can, I could tell when you come in. Yeah, huh? yeah, It's yeah, a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, from that moment, I knew. I want to go into coaching. Oh. And we always kept in contact when he was in uh, Bayer Leverkusen. When I was in China, we kept in contact. So yeah, yeah. I always like this. But and then here, now... Here you met like uh, you didn't... Yeah, it's crazy, it's a crazy story. <laughs> I, I got a, a friend of mine, he's here in, uh, in Australia. And he said, yeah, you come to Australia, see everything. That's okay, all right. And uh, okay, I have the date, I have the ticket. And then one week before, he gave me a message. See you next week in Melbourne. I said, huh? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I said, tonight. I'm coming here to control you. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. And I said to, the, to, the, to my friend, I said, what did you do? Oh. You, you, you invited Peter as well. So yeah, now, and we are sharing the room together and it's, Uh, it's like 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 uh, like old times. It's like, uh, it's my, like my yeah. room is cleaning. Uh, his room, <laughs> yeah, and now I ask for extra cleaning every day <laughs> because of him. Oh, right, okay. incredible. No, but was interesting. Um, uh, I was fired by Nackbreda in, in in Holland for uh, three months, and uh, then uh, Tolga texted me because last year I had a big depression. I was really mental. I was finished, and mm. then I was two weeks in his family in Udine. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You come with it uh, in CDR when you... Yeah, yeah. There. And I was really mental, yeah, finished. And um, and then I uh, was going to Mark Breda and they fired me in September. And then he was one of the first to say, hey, coach, come direct to Melbourne. Wow. But then I must uh, look for my contract and this money story. And then I was, the last four weeks, always thinking, hey, go to Melbourne or go not to Melbourne. And then for 10 days, uh, this guy, Boris... Um, who do a, uh, yeah, a camp from the Victoria region. Talent identification oh, uh, yeah. program. Is that through the federation? The yes, yes. Okay. The Victoria okay. Federation. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. And then uh, I say, oh, yeah, okay, you invited me, but uh, from which country you are calling? Australia. I say, okay, and from which city? Melbourne. <laughs> No, so there's no connection with him that just happens no, like that. No, no, no. <laughs> It's meant to be, huh? And then uh, for two days, I said, Tolga, I'm in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, so what's your first uh, opinion of Melbourne? Because you played in a lot of countries, a lot of cities. Like, what, how do you think the life is here? The life is, I said, 
and the life here, you Australians, you are very lucky. Yeah. Because it's really, even when you have family, it's the best country to live, really, because you have everything. The people are uh, nice, like you feel safe. Yeah. And uh, especially like with all the bullshit around Europe, like you feel very good here. Yeah? And mm. uh, yeah. So, you know, there's, you know, the story of uh, Fahid when he come to Melbourne Victory. No. He, so he's playing in France, big player in France, obviously he comes to Melbourne, gets his offer and he just have a young daughter at the time. So he's thinking family for the next move and stuff. And he didn't know Melbourne Victory even had a stadium, but his wife wants, wants him to come. So he's like, okay, so we end up going. He's never left. Yeah. <laughs> Still here. <laughs> no, but you so know, I tell you, so yeah, yeah, it's you know what he told me? He said like, once you come here, like you, yeah, he's never, you he's never left. Back. So I always yeah. tell him that, that I think it's such a great city. And I always yeah. say, yeah. if you stay in the city with your family, because obviously his daughter grew up here, yeah. it tells you a lot. So, um, what, what for you was the main reason of why you wanted to come to Australia, the A-League? I think my wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I said like, okay, in, in my career, I always decide, okay, like a Turkish background. I say, okay, <laughs> I have to say like this, this, <laughs> yeah. this, we go. But my wife is also strong. Yeah. And then, uh, you know what happened? It was just crazy because I, I remember t 10 years ago, I always said like, I will play once in Australia. I don't know because it was like the, the country. Yeah. You know, everybody was talking about Australia is the best. Yeah. And then when I uh, finished my contract, I had like, uh, I could resign in, uh, in Udine. I had offers from Italy. And, but I said, okay, I want to first, I want to relax because it was tough three years there. And then I have also family here. My uncle is here. And then I woke up, uh, I still didn't decide. We had like the last game against Juventus home. And then I woke up, I said to my wife, I, like, I dreamed that we were in Melbourne. <laughs> and she said, how funny is that? Let's call your uncle, you know? Uh, and then we made like Zoom. We, and then I was, hey, uncle, it was funny. I, I dreamed I was, we were living in, in Melbourne. What? Yeah. And then he said, really? I said, yeah. And he said, Fahid, uh, because Fahid knows my uncle as well. He asked me two weeks ago about you. But I said, no, you will not come. I said, you know what? Give me the number from Fahid. <laughs> <laughs> ah, see, Fahid, yeah. right? he's the secret guy in yeah. Australia, man. You know? And yeah. then uh, I said, hey, Fahid, uh, so I would, I would like to come. Wow. I think. I wasn't sure. And then Fahid didn't know that. And I was very fast because he said, okay, you probably can choose where you want to go. I said, okay, mm. what is the best? He's told me, man, uh, like from the structure and the last years, uh, City performed the yeah, best. For sure. I said, okay, I will, I will join City, and it went so fast because the next after two days I had to contract. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, and I said like, and we were on, we were on holiday, and then I had to do the medical check, and then I went to Rome because they have also the City Group as also yeah. Palermo. I went to Rome, made the medical check, and. I already signed before, but I didn't knew that I signed, you know, but Fahid didn't know that. <laughs> you know what happened then? I was in the hotel and I was like, I told my family like, okay, what, what do you think about Australia? My father and like all the friends, they said, are you crazy? Like you mm -hmm. can play in Europe. Like what, what do you want in Australia? 
And then I got panicked at that night in the hotel. We were in <laughs> Napoli. Oh. <laughs> I, I said like, what? Like this, the deal is nearly done, you know? I said, what should I do? And then I called, I said, okay, my, I spoke to my wife. I said, okay, I call Fahid. I said, Fahid, I think my wife, but she wants to come. Yeah. For sure. I, I said, my wife, she said, now she doesn't want to come. She will stay with the kids. I cannot live without my kids, you know? Oh. I said like, and then he said, listen, what? Just have a sleep and call me tomorrow in the morning. You know? <laughs> I think he knew already. He said, if you want, my wife can call your wife, you know? Yeah. Because I said like, no, my wife, she said she, she won't come. The, the kids, I cannot play. Like, yeah. how should I perform when I don't see my kids? And then he said, he, I think he understood what happened. Oh. And then he said, you know what? Just call me tomorrow in the morning. And then I woke up, I was, okay, I, I will do that. And then I, I opened the contract and I signed in the morning to have it done, you know? What wow, happened quick, huh? From it when was you... like uh, four or five days. Wow, that's incredible. And they were really quick because I think for them was also a big chance. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was like just crazy. And then I had three weeks to do everything, to say goodbye, make the house in Italy ready. And it was just stressed. Yeah, it's inc that's yeah. incredible. Uh, you two, uh, Peter and Jason, have you seen the level of the A-League? Have you had a chance to watch yeah, watch games uh, here? In, uh, in, in Germany, it's uh, give, give us channel who... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, uh, Australian when football. When I come, they open the channel there. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, yeah. You see him hosting with a microphone. Oh, today I play Western. And... Yeah, but I cannot say really in detail what is the quality. Yeah. Uh, because I was asking Tolga and then he must take uh, yeah. do well, this you answer. would have seen more of the level, no? Being well, in, the, in Asia? On the 12th of December, it was Melbourne. Oh, you played against Zhejiang. Zhejiang, a Chinese club, 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I scored. Yeah, the other day. But it looks, it looked, it looked good on TV. Let's say. But this week, yeah. are we yeah, talking? We yeah, yeah, this yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the in, 12th. in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I have to say the the league is tough. Yeah. yeah, physical. Man, they, I, we spoke with Fahid. We said like, as physical, they have like Champions League. Mm. They are Champions League. Yeah. Because what I liked, uh, what I like in Australia, they're like, you just see kids doing sport, yeah. swimming, mm. tennis, like, you know, when uh, our kids were in the, in, the, in the school, like, because my son just knows soccer. Mm. Uh, football. Yeah. Sorry. No, we call I call football, so it's yeah, fine. No, yeah. but uh, I had uh, they say we call it football. Yeah. And uh but I see all the kids are fit. Mm. So because they do a lot, they do really like we have also the first time in the preseason, they said after training now is uh, swimming. They say, Yeah, but what kind of swimming? Yeah, one <laughs> one hour, like up and down. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Australians are crazy, man. Fitness. <laughs> but the after ten minutes, I yeah. was like, "No, I, I'm done. I can't. How should I survive one hour?" Like, yeah, you know? yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, my god! If I was coming to Borussia Dortmund on the night and we go swimming, then they say, yeah, 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 "You are yeah. totally crazy." This sometimes uh, is the problem, though. With uh, maybe it's changing now in Australia, but back in the, it, it was very much about fitness, not so much with the ball. Yeah. So technically, we'd always yeah. not be as good as I think we could be. Yeah, we saw this in this week with this uh, camp. Mm. From this uh, Victoria Club, um, uh, we saw, we give today, Jason and me, we have the oldest group. And we said, okay, everybody has a ball. You can do five minutes for yourself. And then 50% go on the ball. And the other guys, 
They are running, they yes. do stretching, yeah. they do push-ups. Yeah. If, if yeah. I did this in Dortmund, yeah. everybody, uh, <laughs> nobody do a push-up. Yeah. <laughs> I say, what is this? Wow. Uh, this really this fitness style. It's a little bit American style. Also, yeah, it's, no? I don't know. I mean, naturally, Australians are strong. That's why in, in Asia, we, yeah. we perform well because we're such a stronger nation, you know. If you see the facilities, man, we, we are training at La Torbe. Oh, La Trobe, yeah. La That's Trobe. where city used to be. Good facilities, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a European good level, yeah. Yeah, but not every team in the A-League is, is like yeah, this, you know. Yeah. He's very lucky. Maybe there's probably half, 50% of the A-League has very good facilities. 50% okay. is still, you know, progressing, you know. So I think like with that uh, physical uh, attitude what you have here, man, you can build a, a good group. Yeah. Now when you take like coaches like he's taking, he will be he makes players better but if you can get like this kind of coaches as well mm -hmm. even like uh, from the from the youth because man I never saw like strong players like Lecky for example but, oh yeah Lecky uh, played 10 years Germany yes. yeah but yeah. he's he's not a he's a beast yeah man, he <laughs> is incredible you know how quick he used to be I don't know if he's still quick now yeah, but my, my god his speed yeah. was so his touch maybe wasn't the best when he started but his speed was so good also, and now like, I think Germany help him the run. young players they are machines we have mm. players I hope like, <laughs> you know ah really yeah man they are really like but now when you can also put the other thing in I think like mm. here can grow like the big thing but, but you said to me that you most times play with one two touch Because they are not yeah, this yeah. good. No, yeah. they are not yeah. like like in the games also, because they're they're too strong and too fast, and they're like mm -hmm. they. So cool. I play smart. Yeah, I try to <coughs> put the ball out. I don't like when they kick me. And uh, yeah, of course, because the first friendly, I was just like, they they didn't. I put the ball out, and they still run into me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? It's frustrating, huh? Yeah, yeah. I so can imagine. it was a unique, like uh, that's why I think uh, it's normal that people from overseas they struggle because it's, yeah, it's a different type of football. That's the thing. Uh, if you maybe you can physically you can be physically strong, but if he cannot play the ball even to me, yeah, it makes no sense to be physically yeah, strong. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. It's, it's. I think though the one thing it's it's hard to read with Australian football is because. Our development path has always had a lot of scrutiny around the best way to develop players. And we don't necessarily have some of the best coaches for the young players. Now it's all through the A-League teams. In the academy, back in the day, we used to have an institute where they picked the best players in the country from 15 to 17, and you all live together with one coach. Oh, okay. now, it's, uh, now it's different. But if you last five World Cups, Socceroos make the World Cup. So... You have to start it's, like it's in Europe. Interesting, you know. What? Which age they start in Europe? Six, seven. Six, seven. seven. Yeah. yeah. See, we. This is why I was going to ask in Germany with the is football played on the street more? Like, what's the development process before you get to the academies or? No, but now it's like uh, where they start under nine. My son yeah. was playing in Udinese last year. And the nine. Wow. Yeah. And See, they had like this doesn't happen. No, we we not? have we have but like local local teams, you know. You start um, there and, and it could be a parent no. coaching you or something. But if you, you know? play under ten by Borussia Dortmund, you have every week you have tournaments. Yes, you have, we uh, don't have this. 50, 60 matches. Mm. Uh you have really children scouts wow. who are looking, okay, who are, who is good, who is not good. And and from the start under 13, They look really to other cities yeah. and the 15 other countries. 
Wow. So it's, it's very creative. You because you just talked about street football, for example. Yeah. At Ajax, the, on the nine, on the ten, they just play on a parking garage or parking really? lot. Yeah, with yeah. small goals and then without the referee sometimes. Wow. Because in the street, you also don't have a referee, yeah. mm-hmm. and you don't have rules, yeah. and you have to make the teams by yourself. Yeah. And that's also there. You see the leaders will 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 you will start to see who's a leader. You start to see who's technical good and. Yeah, because football is you do because you like it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's what they want to recreate. Interesting. I have, a, I have a question for you, Toga, from a player point of view, and then I'll ask Peter and Jason from a coaching point of view. But since you've come to City, there's been a change in coach, which obviously happens quick and all of a sudden changes things. As, as a player, how do you deal with that? Because it's obviously difficult to understand, but then also you have a new coach you have to impress. And Yeah, first of all, it's always like you, f- you feel also guilty. Yeah. Like I feel like, oh, what should I, what could I do more? But uh, f- football is a fast business. So uh, the next coach was there and uh, you have to perform because like uh, it starts nearly by nil. So, and um, yeah, it's always hard, but I was playing in Hamburg and we had like, Every three months, a new coach. You're almost exper- <laughs> you, you'd be yeah. experienced now, you know? Yeah. It's not like you're the younger player. You probably no. know so how. I, I, I saw it a lot. And mm. um, yeah, it's as a player, because you, for you, just the head coach changed. You yeah. have like, I think for a player, it's much easier. Yeah. Much, much easier because you have still like uh, the same facility, the same, uh, same people Super around, point. just like the head coach changed. And I don't know how it is as a coach. Yeah, for you, Peter, when you come into a new team, because you don't always have the privilege of time mm. and you have to win the people over, then you have to get your style into the team. Yeah. Like, how challenging is that? Yeah, it's hard challenging, but um, I had many clubs. And with uh, by some clubs, you you get your own assistance coaches. Mm. But I'm not in the first level of coaches. No? But I'm not by Klopp, Tuchel and these guys who can say, okay, I take five assistance coaches. And then you come in a new culture and I had also different countries. Uh, for example, in Eastern Europe, they say nothing in mm. the assistance coaching. In Holland, they all, the whole day they are talking. <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> but, but it is good. I'm, I'm half Dutch, but, yeah, um, that's right. uh, so, and then you do a video analysis as so you look some matches and then you look always as a coach. Okay. Which two, three points I can start direct. Maybe by my last club in Nakbreda was, uh, not so many players in the box. Mm. So only three players. Okay, the first aim for me was five players in the box. Then this counter-pressing, gegen-pressing. Also if you lose the ball, direct uh, four, five, six seconds that Mm. we take the ball. And with these two situations you start, then one week later comes the next situation. And it is always, you know, for me as a coach, the first three, three, four weeks is also easy because everybody wants to show his new cards. No, everybody wants to, okay, new coach you is here coming. <laughs> after, yeah, yeah, after four or five weeks, then comes the problems. <laughs> <laughs> then comes the problems. The, show, the bench huh? players. And so, but the first three, four weeks, and that is so important that you win from the first four yeah. matches to all Alexis. So the first, so one of the first things you look to implement is the press when you come in. Yeah, it, it is my philosophy. Yeah. Yeah? For me, it's very important because yeah. I say always, okay, if you a transition defense, you lose the ball and then you win the ball, the, the other opponent is... Um, uh, in an organization for me is very important and uh, and uh, and for me was also 
also very important always that my team is the fittest team. Okay. So, no, uh, running, but also dribbling and passing because the last 10 minutes you win many matches or not, or you lose many matches. And right. that was very important. And so this game pressing is hard. For you, it was fitness when, when he came into Borussia? Was that something you could see that you have to get better at or you did a lot of yeah, work on? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was like... But he went also crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? Hey, we're going to get some more crazy uh, stories out in this podcast for sure. Like, yeah. we, we have to stop running now, you know. <laughs> but he's yeah. just like, he's just, no, just, uh, he act like we already, we started, you know, like he's just, and uh, he's straight. But at the, at the end, like, yeah, if you win the games in the last minutes, so, you know. Uh, that's why. That's why, but, uh, Man, when you have to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun, huh? Nah. No, I wanted to, to speak about every country in Europe. They have sort of somewhat their own identity of football. Some are similar, some are different. But mm. German football, is it seems to be, from a national team point of view, one of the most consistent nations at every tournament. Um, always top talents, a lot of a lot of quality. Like, what what is it? How would you define the, the style of German football, if you could? Yeah, you see, if um, uh, yeah, in the years 70, 80, 90s, that was a very man orientation football. No? Mm. As it was really with uh, two defenders, with a libero, with a sweeper, mm. and always winning mentality. Always, but not always the best football, not the best technical football. And then comes the period, uh, 2006, uh, with Klinsmann and Joachim Löw by the DFB, and then come really, and also many young coaches, yeah. other the 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 best coaches from the youth go to the professionals and we this this coaches had good ideas also from from the netherlands ideas from spain ideas and then 2014 i remember if uh, germany was a world champion we played also the best football yeah. uh, it was really a little bit tiki taka a little bit gegen pressing even 2010 it was, it was completely it was amazing and it was many many um uh, players also in this team who was uh, playing yeah. together with tall guy and uh, that was really the, the highest period of German football. I yeah, I, lo I love watching. It's it's so. It seems like it's you have to be fit to play it too, though. Yeah. Not no, just technical. Also, you had like with Mesut, you had uh, yeah. a guy from a like street yeah. footballer. Yeah. You had like uh, it was a good mix. And now it's uh, I think now they struggle because like everybody is just clean. Mm. You know, mm. like. Uh, like they're coming from the uh, when I see France, for example, they still have like the 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 guys from the street yeah. they, who can who are gonna make the difference. But Correct. now, like uh, too perfect the players. Some yeah, some, it's just some like regard, uh, you know? yeah, it's like machines. Yeah, correct. So, not only football technical, but also as a behavior. Sometimes you need a player in your team look. Yeah, yeah, and not everybody like the nice son-in-law. You uh, do you have that in you? Are you? Or not so much. You're more with the ball yeah. to receive. No, I have it. Yeah, because what you said before is like he he start hitting people and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, ah, really? No, oh, he's got no, it. Ah, no, to, to, <laughs> you, see, you see, that's my kind of number yeah. ten. Then, yeah, but the, the, the uh, was a rebel. Yeah. Number ten. <laughs> it was a one against one player, one against two player, one against three player. Right. And then it's for this players it's very important that the coach is coming. who appreciate this. Uh, you mm. like this. Yeah. Yes. And. You have now many coaches who are structure coaches, right. laptop coaches. And and I understand a little bit the coaches because like me, if you're a little bit yeah, crazy or if you are also a rebel coach, 
yeah, you lose also sometimes your job mm -hmm. and everybody want to work in football, yeah. also in youth football. It's very difficult to get the pro license now in Germany and um, it's very difficult everything. And he was um, really, uh, uh, yeah, Mario Götze was also in the team. Mario Götze was more a player, so he played the last moment pass. Also before okay. uh, opponent, he passed the ball. No, he was not the one against one. But Olga was one against one all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see you dribble a lot You know, for, for a 10. Some 10s like to play and then find the final pass. Yeah, and, and, and for, for us yeah. it was very yeah. good that he played one against one. But then the tactic was that I had two number six players behind him. Ah, okay. Yeah, that was... Uh, Give the freedom. Yeah, and that was in the game pressing players. Yeah. And I say, okay, Tolga, you can do what you want. Oh, but we need to, player, yeah. Huh? But, and, and, and then you have this German, technical, yeah. German, Turkish guys. And the typical Germans are really, they are warriors. Yeah, like they robots. Fighters, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I have to do, because I do want to talk about Tolga, your career. And obviously yeah. there's clubs and players that both you and Peter have overlapped with, which I want to speak about too. But um, I just want to quickly talk, because I know all the listeners will want to know, the Euros next year are going to be in Germany. Any feelings or thoughts on any nations you think will do well? I think like the best is at the moment is by far is France. Mm. Yeah. By far. Because they they're young. They have like incredible team and they have like uh, players who gonna like who can decide the game in like in just one moment who maybe Dembele he can play 80 minutes bad but he just need one action to to kill the game. I still don't know what foot he is, you know. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. But yeah. uh, and I don't see other nations have that kind of players like Mbappe, yeah. Mbappe, Coman, uh, Dembele, yeah. the midfield, uh, both from Real, Camavinga, yeah. Chumani. So I don't see. I like uh, even the next point, World Cup. Know? I think like the next eight years. It's uh, I think yeah. They're gonna be really like uh, on the top. Mm. So Spain is always good mm. because like I don't know how they work, but they have always this kind of Xavi Iniesta yeah. Yeah, players. I don't know like how they create them, but yeah, Germany struggles with uh, because it was like uh, they they made the the players by like uh, computer and then <laughs> machines, yeah. and now you're there. Yeah, still like amazing players. And they play on a high level, but I like the, for example, Vietz from yeah, Leverkusen. Yeah. But you can Vietz. see he's on the like he's from the street, you know, like yeah. he. And uh, yeah, I, I I love Musiala. He's also like, and I think uh, maybe not now, but after they can be very very good again. Mm. Peter, you any thoughts for Euros? Any nations you yeah. like? Okay, Same. I'm, I'm half German, half Dutch. Yeah. So uh, I must say this. So say both. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, and for the self-marketing for German coaches is always very important, <laughs> really, <laughs> that the German national team comes up and okay, it's in, in, uh, um, in, in their own country also. Yeah, and the Netherlands I like also. No? They yeah. have uh, interesting players, but I I'm, uh, agree with Stolga that uh, I think France is for yeah, sure special. European champion. But okay, the, the next, uh, now Germany under 17 is world champion. No? They won the final ah, against yeah, France. Too, yeah. So maybe the next generation. And there I saw many street footballers in ah. this. And this is a big discussion now in Germany. Hey, the laptop coaches go a little bit more out. We need more the rough coaches. So we need more the... More uh, Peters. Yeah, <laughs> more <laughs> Peters. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is... Okay, Germany and Netherlands are always yeah. watching. 
Do you have any well, thoughts? The, the last time uh, Holland won the Euros was in 1988 and the World Cup we never won. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's okay. it's okay. nice to say Holland, but that's difficult. But I agree what we all say that France, I think, England is doing a very well, good huh? job. England, England. Yeah, England, yeah. But because France have so many creative players and players who can make a difference. And then you see that these teams are the countries mm. yes, performing the best. Mm. You know, if you see, like, you see, you see the Holland team now, for example, like Xavi Simons. He's coming yeah. up. Oh. Xavi Simons. Huh? Because he's a special player. And Noah Lang, maybe his behavior is difficult, but it's also a special player. Mm. And, okay, Frankie de Jong, for example, great place, but still they are like the great son-in-law. They are not the players who can maybe sometimes mm. like mm. this or can do something like really special and put a player like free in front of goal. And in France, they have so many players like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, France is so a big contender to... Uh, I saw Henri speak the other day about how they were saying why so many uh, footballers come out of France at the level. He said, because everyone plays on the street, okay. which is interesting. Very simple. He just said that everyone in Paris, they grow up playing on the street every day, all day, every day. By Europe, you just have football. Yeah. So you that's, for like us, it's a, different here. We, yeah. Everyone plays so many sports. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little bit different. But, but I remember in Borussia Dortmund, if you play in the under-19 training, we had not so good facility in this time, 2008. Really? No, no, it was not so the best facility. And then in the winter, uh, yeah, we can do nothing because the greenkeeper come always, no, no football, really. It oh, was like, what? But we play really 50, 60 times. We play so indoor, four against four. Yeah, oh, wow. But full. And sometimes was the indoor was closed because some amateur clubs was also in the, and we said, we go minus 10, de 10 degrees, crazy Hubala. We go outside. <laughs> but we was playing two hours, full power. Wow. And, 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 and you saw it in the match then, that we one against one, one against two, four against four. Uh, game pressing, shooting direct. It was unbelievable. Wow. If, if, I, if you do this now as a German youth coach, you can come in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Boga, you played this Holland tournament before as well, eh? yeah. on, the art, yeah. on the artificial pitch inside of... No, and these tournaments in the academy is great. Oh, I love that, it's man. Great, yeah. man. Because you just dribbled there. Yeah, oh. he loves the dribble. <laughs> hey, guys, just a quick pause in this episode to give thanks to our sponsors supporting the show. As you've seen, Vibe Culture has been flying around our Instagram pages. Um, I'm looking to do a bit more of a cleaner approach to um, working out and getting healthier in 2024. And this has been a great secret start to my day or a secret to the productive start to a day. I should say, um, a very, very healthy option where you just put a scoop of this powder into your water bottle. Uh, it tastes great. I've got the tropical punch here. But what I love about it, it's very healthy for you. It's only got two grams of sugar and 54 calories per serving. And it's a great alternative for all those coffee drinkers and energy drinkers out there that need to keep going back and have those peaks and troughs throughout the day. This I've been starting with every day before gym. It's perfect after those late night movie marathons or hangovers. Um, so I'm very, very happy about it. All you have to do is get into the bio below, get to the Vibe Culture website because they are going to look after you, the Unlaced listener, where if you put in the discount code UNLACE, you'll get up to 15% off your first purchase. How good is that? Also, you guys would have seen my partnership with Dabble throughout the year, the gaming agency. Um, I've got a link in the bio for you guys that want to get around it. It is an absolutely beautiful platform. Why I love it, it is very, very similar to Instagram where you can follow various athletes and various former professionals who know a lot more about the sport than potentially you or I do, and you can copy their bets. So you get an advantage on the games that you would like to bet on. 
I've also been doing a weekly stream with Dabble this year between 7 and 8 p.m. on a Wednesday called Jake's Take, where we talk about sport, have a really big laugh, get some great guests on, and also put some bets on throughout the stream. So it's an absolutely fun place to be around. If you want to join it, Dabble link in the bio below. Let's get back into the episode. Who was in this uh, Dortmund team? Who were the players that you oh, played with? Had, you had some I, great players. I, I, I think like in... We never like I, I don't remember other team who had so many like no. uh, nearly the whole team was playing professional after. Wow. We had like Götze. Yeah. Was Tony Rüdiger on the bench. <laughs> What? <laughs> really? Yeah. For Real Madrid now. We had Ginzek. Ginzek is he was yeah. also he played in the first division uh, first league. And Marco Stiepermann. Stiepermann he was, he was in Norwich City. Yeah. Wow. Mark um, Hornschuh was by St. Pauli. The guys who didn't do was like second division or third wow. division. So it was a top team. Yeah, we was the only under 19 uh, team ever was in the German champion final, but we lose against Thomas Tuchel Mainz 2 oh. 1. And in the German Cup final, and we lose uh, against Christian Streich, Freiburg uh, in the penalties. And oh. that was a little bit. Uh, pity, tough, uh, because we uh, we was the best team, mm. uh, really. But uh, then uh, uh, we lost two times in the final, and uh, yeah, and that was also a little bit the character of the team. But this team was amazing, and this team was also amazing because this was really players from the region. Mm. Uh, so we had not a player from outside or from another country. It was what, really from the Ruhrgebiet, maybe from the Westfalen. Yeah, uh, region and it was yeah. You you say in football you must be eleven friends on the pitch, but this was really we was totally close. I uh, grew up together in a way. Yeah, and I I remember that um, um, as a coach you must always talk with the parents. I didn't uh, do do this yeah. uh, because I'm not talking <laughs> with parents. I, can, and, I think and, I can. And see I say this. to the players, listen, we do six times the week. We do training session. You must come to the club. Yeah. I'm not organized. And they organized this themselves. It was unbelievable. And wow. there was a big spirit in this team. Can you can you tell as a coach with the players you work with, I mean, the names you mentioned, Rudiger, Gotze, obviously a tall guy as yeah. well. Can you tell at that age that these players are going to make it? Or is it, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say? Because Tony Rudiger, no. Ah, that, that that I must really say, that, yeah, Tony Rudiger was in the duel very hard, but he was not so good on the ball. He was right. really a gangster yeah. uh, in the duels. But Toyga, you saw fantastic skills. But uh, by Mario Götze, you saw he he can can read the spaces. Uh, but Daniel Ginzek, he was very cold uh, for the goal. Um, but then comes the next step, the mental thing. Then come and youth football and professional football is different sports. Mm, yeah. <laughs> It is totally uh, because Toyga said to me now, okay, now Melbourne, he feel a little little bit also this youth once again. Yeah. And professional football, and I was many, yeah, many, do. many years youth coach and many years professional coach. It is really tough. Yeah. Professional world is really, really tough. It is. It's a brutal, brutal, Whoa. brutal game at times, isn't it? Yeah, I was last year also mental really finished now because many uh, uh, fire stories and 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 you you have this pressure yeah. and you end and also these guys and the under 19, they give them also their own pressure mm. and maybe the parents give the pressure <coughs> and now you have agents they give the pressure so this pressure life is so interesting and that was for me interesting can Tolga do this in a big stadium mm. and I know Tolga also very long and if he sit on the bench he's then nice to the coach 
<laughs> or not yeah because yeah, he's an yeah. emotional guy and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's well I'm it's, angry man yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can't uh, what do they say you wear your heart on your sleeve you know no I'm like you know I understand now because I'm older but man I couldn't understand because there's uh, <laughs> I said I, I can dribble he cannot dribble you know yeah, yeah. it's like uh, yeah, it's it was hard but I said to Peter when I was here it's because the f- the football in overseas also like as he said, like the pressure and uh, I mean, like politics in the club because they have to earn money and mm. uh, there's so much around uh, football. And I said to him, here I felt like, like it's clean. Mm. So I don't, my my mind is not, uh, my head is not around. I just can't play football. I feel like free. Free. I feel like I play with friends. I, I said, like, I feel like in the, in the team we had, mm. Because it's also such a nice group we have, and uh, just focus on football. It's yeah. just like you don't have too many voices around, and Europe is is hard because yeah. also, man, it's big money yeah. there. So everybody wants to play. There's no friendship. There is like uh, from Europe. I don't have like uh, I I was always very good with everybody. But it's not that I have a very, very close friend with uh, in, 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 in football. You think it's possible in football to have that though? Because sometimes at the top level, it, it doesn't feel like you can, no? No, in Europe, not. Because the business it's, is so brutal. So. Yeah, it's because you have to play. Because when you play and you play well, you get money yeah. and you get big money. And like when you have the guys on the same position, man, you don't talk yeah. to them. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's <laughs> hard. It's like... Hello, hello, and then let's meet on the pitch, you know? Yeah. And same with coaches, eh? Yeah, same thing, huh? Well, of course, coaches, I think it's maybe even harder because you're the first one to go, you know? If When when it's not going well, like you said before, is, sometimes for the player, it doesn't change. The yeah, coach, it's the first one. Yeah, and, and, and you know, as a player, you have uh, eight midfield players, you have six strikers, you have, uh, but you have one head coach. Yeah. So, and you have many head coaches you come also in the pro license now many young head coaches are coming and yeah and I see it now I'm now three months without a club yeah and it is yeah it is not a nice life because uh, I must bring out my energy I have a big talent as a coach I have a big knowledge but you sit at home Mm. and then you're waiting and then you think always yeah what can I do now proactive Mm. okay I can do an interview I can talk with the agent I know but you cannot do really you must really wait, and it is uh, hard. Yeah, so. very hard. The Tolga, the first time you arrived was probably Hamburg, huh? when you start playing um, first-team yeah. football. Can you uh, just tell me how this happened as well? The, the, because you're obviously at Dortmund, so yeah. I assume it's a big move, huh? Yeah, you know, I was, uh, because I knew the club was pushing uh, Mario Goetze, and I was like, okay, and I had, uh, I was the best player in the league. I, right. I had an incredible year. And uh, so I said, like, okay, I have to do something else. Right. So, and uh, my time was also different because you, there, there weren't like many young players. Now you have like even 16, 17 year old, uh, old guys who are going to train with us. At my time was like, I remember when I was in the, with Klopp uh, in the, in the, in the preseason was me and, mm. and Goetze and uh, just one more player. But it was you had just like experienced players and then you had maybe two young three oh, young really? players I yeah. thought no so no. Klopp was selective with the players or is that in Germany in general 
No, at my time it was like this. So okay. now you have like uh, Everyone all the Everyone can train sometimes. You yeah, know? you have all the you have 10 young players, but yeah. our time was uh, was difficult. And then I signed in the background, I signed uh, a deal in Hamburg. Wow. With my with my dad. <laughs> so big club, huh? Yeah, it was a big club wow. at that time and uh I my dad said like he wants me because also that time was they let you train a month with the first team and then you go in the second team. And we, he said, like, you have to put in a contract that he's always with the first team. And then I signed in, in Hamburg. And then I was still training with the first team in, in Dortmund, but they thought I, I gonna sign there, you know. Oh, but they didn't know. <laughs> no, they didn't wow. know. Wow. And then they find <laughs> out. This guy. <laughs> and then they find I, out. I know. Yeah. I told yeah. him, you know. Ah. And then uh, they find out. And then not happy, huh? they tried to smash me, but I was lucky he was there, you know. Oh, you protect him? He uh, wrote a contract in Hamburg. And then was drama. Oh, then I can was, imagine. And what? I can remember, Tolga, that you play, we played against Duisburg. When I, this, this yes. game, I swear, I said even to yeah. my wife, yeah. this moment, this memory never yeah. went from my head. Really? What, what happened in this game? Yeah, we played against Duisburg, I, I remember Febru after February after came out. 2009. Yeah, yeah. And then you, Dortmund supporters are hard, and we had, I think, 100 supporters by this match. And um, and they come really, you say, Judas to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you're and, still like a kid almost, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Tolga yeah. plays this match totally shit. I was. <laughs> really, yeah, really totally shit with this totally match. Totally shit. And, 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 and you know, and that is, that is for a coach, and, and that is also crazy, crazy mentality. I protect him, you know, mm. because it was my boy. Mm. And then, uh, and, and uh, this is my character then, that everybody uh, uh, push him off, everybody um, uh, hit him. Me, yes, but I protect him. And uh, But this was also hard for me. Of course. Because one year later, I must also leave the club because I was, uh, I'm not so marionette. Mm. But okay. Wow. Well, I remember, I don't know if you remember after the game, because like, it was the game after it uh, came out, you know, and yeah. then like, I could see even the parents, like everybody was like, even when I come in, everybody is like, you know, I did something. I don't know. I killed someone, you know, like, mm. ah, he, there is the guy, you know, wow. and I went on the, and I was still a, a, a kid. And then, man, like my, I, I didn't know even like what I'm doing. You know, I was just like mentally, I was not in the game. And then after the game, because I was really bad. And then uh, we went in, but he put me in 90 minutes, you know? And I was like, I hope maybe. Actually, like, take, why why <laughs> didn't you take him off in that game? What was the... Okay, that is then also, we, we everybody say, um, we coaches, we must also, um, uh, with the politics, but you are also mighty as a coach. Mm. In this moment, the, the team is playing and I decide who is changing or is not changing. And I saw the Dortmund supporters And fuck you, tall guy, and this and ah, this. Okay. And I say, I protect him. Protect him. Wow. And, um, What a coach. He's playing. Oh, yeah, man. He was. And then That's after the special. game, even like the players between, like they were talking. And then he said, listen, what you can say to everybody, like, I would never put tall guy out. Wow. And then it was like, nobody spoke anymore. You know, it was like the, the thing was done. And then I felt safe again. So I could, uh, I could perform, you know, so, uh, No, I was really like, uh, not he's here, but uh, I was really lucky that he was the coach. And as a coach, I, I also told him like, because he's, 
his head is just full of football yeah. and like the tactics and every, I never saw from someone like uh, the skills as a coach he has. And um, yeah, I was also lucky also my career because in football you need also luck. Mm. And that that time he was my coach. And because from that uh, under 19 to the first team, that is the step you, and my time, you didn't have a lot of players, like maybe, yeah. I don't know, 5% who could make the, 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 the deal to the first team. Yeah. Not like now, because now like uh, everybody is, yeah, because it's money also. If a young kid played 10 games, he's 17, doesn't matter how he played, mm. but you have teams who are going to pay millions. Yeah. So, and our time was like, my time when I was young, it, it wasn't like that. Inner motivation is different, different over there. When you, you know, when you earn enough money, then the motivation is much less than, than you need to work to, to, to achieve something, to have a good life, good future for your family. Then the hungry is much more. Mm. And several countries, you have that much less than the yeah. other countries. Uh, absolutely. I, think. Yeah. I, I have to talk about some of the people that you guys have worked with because in Australia, we, we look at Klopp, we look at Hyungmin Son, we look at these players and we're blown away by them. But to actually hear from people who have worked with both those injuries, I'll start with Sonny because Sonny's so special and obviously Angie's yeah. coaching him now, Australian coach. But for you playing with him in, in Hamburg, how, how was that? I had in Leverkusen. Yeah, that exactly. that's, what, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to bring to you. I was with Sonny. I, we were like, because we were like the young players who played. Was that also. his first move to Europe, Hamburg? Yeah. Uh, Sonny was, okay. So, and he was there with his family and I was very close to Sonny and we were like, uh, I still uh, speak to him and we were like, in Hamburg, we were like twins. We were wow. always together. Uh, his father, he was like military. I've heard about, you know what's amazing to me with Sonny for all his football ability is how polite he is. In right. in football, you don't get that much, you know. No, Usually people guy. are more fiery and yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's nice to everyone by the look. I think it's the culture as well. Korea, he was the best, nicest guy and we were out like, I was, we were together like every time and, um, but his father, when he had day offs, he, he called the clubs, uh, he called the club and said, can you open the, the, the facility because I want to train with Sonny because he, his father was also, uh, a, a soccer player, a football player. Uh, okay. He played also many games for the national team. And also after the games in Germany, the games are at 3.30 and I said, Sonny, come, come, let's eat something. He said, no, I have to go to the to gym with my dad. Wow. After, after the games. You know, what was but, he that time? And he's uh, professional 20, player. This, yeah, he's professional he player. Was like, a, already, he was, oh he was my big. God. But at the end, when you see like uh, where he came, like uh, I think the, his father has a big impact on, on, on that. Wow. And for you, Peter, with him in Leverkusen? That was a short time with him yeah. uh, in Leverkusen. And... You know, uh, he was professional and he was, he did many, many individual training, you know, also after the, after the training session, he was shooting, finishing. And I remember I was always laughing with him, with him because in Leverkusen, in the area is Düsseldorf and Düsseldorf, many, many Asian companies. Ah, okay. And we had 250 South Korean uh, boys and girls over there. Yeah. He, and yeah. then, and you stay as a coach and you know, Tolga is Tolga for me and Mario Götz is Mario for me and, yeah. and, and Sony is Sony for me. But then you saw, it is a superstar. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Yeah. The girls, it was our oh, Sony and, 
And and we was really we go out from the pitch and he must uh, one hour every Sorry. day photos and he seems like the guy who would do that as well. Yeah, and then I was thinking um, as a coach and okay, I was older than the players. Nice life, né? because millionaire and big money and this. It was a shit life. Sometimes. Tough, yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking, poor. Yeah, it is also pressure and hard and always you must perform and mm. I was. Um, Uh, interesting. Yeah, the, the psych. I mean, this is a big part of why I started this: the psychology of of everything, because mm. it's tough, and it's probably a good change into Turkey. Because um, I told you before we come on, Harry Kuhl when he went to Galatasaray yeah. is the first time Australians we watch the Super League. The, it was crazy. The fans that Galatasaray had, the the banners they used to make for him, covering like half the stand yeah. and all this sort of stuff. But for you, I've heard you speak about football in Turkey and you had some incredible success and played with some great players, which we'll talk about. But the life there is, if you play well or if you play bad, you you can't go in public, huh? It's, no, it the life be... is, the pressure there in Turkey is even like bigger. And uh, like in Turkey, I never understood why, like, because in Turkey, I was, a, for them, I was a Turkish player. Okay. So, and... Uh, The credit the Turkish player has is always less. If you're a foreigner, like uh, in the beginning, you're the hero. So, and it's always hard for Turkish player to play many years in, in a big club because as soon the club is struggling, you're the first one because you're Turkish, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, but I came on a, on a good time to Besiktas and we were successful. So, uh, you didn't lose a home game for like three seasons yeah, or something. Three, Which yeah. Because who was in this? Who was in your Besiktas team when you you oh, won two titles? Huh? Was uh, the biggest talent? Like I don't know how he can play in Besiktas. Was like Koleshma. Oh yeah. Because he was like what he was doing. Like I said, like, but he he was also kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter, your type of player. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 are, we are a small group, but this group is nice. <laughs> he, would, he would love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, like, Proper rebel. Yeah. yeah, but we had like Pepe, Kourajma was the Talishka. Yes. Uh, Mario was uh, one year with us. Uh, Demba, Demba Pepe, I think as uh, well. Pepe, Abu Bakar. Uh, oh, I was like Ryan Babel. Yeah, Ryan Babel. Yeah. Adriano from Barca. Oh, the team was, oh, we were really like, uh, but for us was like, because Turkey was, um, as a player, you had power. And then the coach said like, hey, you have to run, coach, come on. <laughs> yeah. This is not, not good for yeah. you. You don't like this coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the coach was looking to the fitness coach and he said, leave the boys alone, man. Like, don't, uh, wow. they, have, they need a free head for tomorrow, you know? Yeah, of course. So, and then you were like, uh, but if you, If you lose or if you win and you're successful, you win titles, man, you're like the big hero. But if you lose. Yeah. Did you experience both? Because yeah. you won two, you won championships no, back to back. Bash, I had incredible times. Then I moved to Fenerbahce. Ah, okay. Because I had a fight with the president and yeah. I was also a rebel. rebel. <laughs> I wonder where he learned this from. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a big fight there and then uh, the, the, president from Fenerbahce, he was like the family is a strong family. Right. And I knew that he can put me out of contract because I had, I had, I had uh, three more years with Besiktas and it never happened that they sell one player to each other. Wow. Just like when the contract end and then they moved. And then, uh, yeah, they called me and he said, I can put you out. And just to like, 
fuck with you. Yeah. Yeah. Say. Just to make like the president more angry. I said like, okay, I'm going to move there, you know, because after two weeks, they called me back. They suspend me for two weeks. They called me back and I said, no, I will now, I will go like, I will go hard, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that my, my time in Fenerbahce, it was like when I came there first time in the history, they were uh, like uh, in the relegation. Mm. And this was it's crazy, huh? Yeah, we ended up at fifth or sixth. Okay. But um, yeah, and then like after, after I don't know, 20 years, more than 20 years, we lost the derby at home against Gala. Mm. And one week at home, oh, nobody no. could see you outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it actually like that though? You can't, you feel like you can't leave your house in a sense? Or do people just say that? No, you can't because like everybody is like, wow, what are I doing man. here? And uh, go home and like, uh, they're not hitting you, but you're, you're not free. Yeah. Okay. So because like, and then you have also everywhere paparazzi. So you cannot, you cannot go in a restaurant when you lose and eat like, you know, is yeah. yeah, it was, Istanbul was a, that's why I said like after five and a half years, I want to go to quiet place because the pressure there was. Mm. And it was just, uh, even like for a Turkish player, I had like many players who, before a derby, so we had like, okay, tomorrow the is the game, but then they get sick overnight mm. because like the stress, they like, uh, wow. you know, it was just too big. That's incredible. Do you know yeah. the history between Besiktas and Liverpool? Have you, the, the biggest loss in Besiktas history? So, was that 8-0? 8-0? Eight eight I think Liverpool yeah. beat them. Ooh. Yeah. So this, the game, I think of you scoring. And I wanted to know that if this is the game that if it, yeah. your life changes after this, because yeah, it's because such a big game. I came, I was new in, in, uh, in, I, I went in the winter and I had a broken arm, ah. you know, because rebel. <laughs> yeah, was, how? You know, I, not so much details. <laughs> Ask questions later. You know, when I, when I, that, it was just stressed that time, and then I hit, uh, hit against the wall, and then I broke my arm. Mm. But I, the whole, the wall didn't hit back, right? No, <laughs> it was easy. You, know. you win, they so, win. Yeah, the wall won. But then uh, I had to go to. I signed already. Uh -huh. So, and then I, I, I was there in winter and the season is, there is no preseason, the season. Uh, so I was there and they, they told me, what is with your arm? <laughs> I had like my whole arm was like oh, no. closed, you know. I say, okay, I have to go through, you know, I have to, I don't know what, but I, I trained like with one arm, like I, the other arm, I just, I don't want them to cancel the contract, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then it, it was like two, three weeks and then it was getting better. And uh, that game against Liverpool, it was like the revenge game for the fans because it was uh, that game after the, the the big loss. I don't know after how many years they match each other again. Uh, oh, so it was because it was when Torres, Fernando Torres, and stuff yeah, were like, so it was well that, before that, that time. They match again, and yeah, for okay. the fans, it was like okay, we have we need our revenge. And then uh, I still had my broken arm. It was better. I could like at, at least move it, you know. And then I came on and I scored the goal. And then uh, because we lost in Anfield, we lost one nil. And then home, I scored one nil. And then uh, I was confident uh, yeah. to say like, okay, I take the last penalty as well. We went oh. in the penalties. 
and then I scored even the last penalty. And then like from that moment, really like everybody knew. Who Aslan was, yeah. huh? Yeah. That, did that change your life in any way that came? Yeah, for me, I was because that gave me also big credit. Mm-hmm. So, and then I could play more free, you know, so I could perform. So, and then over the years, I, so they knew already uh, what kind of player I was. And uh, yeah, I, have, I had a big, big name there. Wow, it's special, man. Yeah. It's special. We're going to go into CDR because um, at some point, because I know that's where you said was probably the best football, the toughest league you played in before. Yeah. But, but Peter, for you, because speaking to Paul Guy and my research on you is you're a very detailed and focused um, kind of guy, but you were also the youngest head coach in Germany at one point. Mm. I think you were 34. Yes. Why why coaching so young? Like what was the... I was I was I went to his his club then. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Alemania Aachen, second Bundesliga. Wow. One year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was coached very young because uh, I was a bad football player. So uh, finish. Everybody comes with injury. I had not injury. I was not good good player. Mm. And then uh, I remember I was 17, 18 years old. And then uh, I was uh, playing by by a small club. And then a guy come inside, the youth coordinator who want to train the under seven. And me and my best friend say, hey, we train this. And then... Uh, yeah, it's like by a football player, you feel as a football coach, you have talent to uh, do presentations. You know, uh, uh, my my uh, my father was a pastor, as he was uh, in the church. So we can, from the, my genetics, I can talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, my, and, my, and my mother come from Rotterdam. She's very direct. Okay. So, uh, so, and then I do, and then I was ambitious to do always the next step. And then I remember I was with 23, I was assistant coach in the third Bundesliga by Preuss Münster. It's a, wow. it's a good traditional club in, in Germany. And then and then I come in the youth. And then first I was under 19 coach by Wolfsburg. And then I come to Dortmund. And Dortmund changed also my life. Also I must say, because this team, you know, if you win a lot, um, then everybody is not only focused on the players, also on the coach. And then was our luck I remember we, we lost uh, the, the final against Mainz, against Thomas Tuchel. But Thomas Tuchel, three weeks later, he came professional head coach by Mainz. And it was, that was a big sensation. And How old was he then? Was uh, he I think young? 37, okay. like this. But he was youth coach. Wow. And he was not famous and he was also not a good player. But Thomas Tuchel came then uh, uh, first head coach in, uh, in Mainz and every youth coach was hoping that he has success yeah. because normal was only ex-professional players come to the Bundesliga clubs. And then Thomas' first season was incredible good. And then um, I was the second one to go to Alemannia Aachen in the second Bundesliga. And I was 34 years old. So as wow. a, and, and now the coach is like Julian Nagelsmann. Tolga's age now almost, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, coach. and wow. then I was 34 and, and then uh, I called Tolga because Tolga was not so playing in Hamburg and I said to him, hey, you must play. So, and yeah, and that is uh, interesting in our relationship. And for me, is it good and bad because I know him very good, but I know if I take Tolga, we have a special relationship and the other players are not stupid. Mm. You know, it is... Not always good if you know a player very good because it is a little bit my son, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I remember he comes to the first training session to <laughs> Alemannia Aachen 
And you know, we had also old players, 32 years old, 31, and and he kick four against four rebel and uh, foul and ah, dribbling. Yeah, and, and Eric Ma Eric Meyer was a manager, was a, also a great player by by Liverpool playing. So, what is this for a player? <laughs> <laughs> and and I said, oh shit! And I, but and and but I was always thinking, okay, you say not to Torga, I do easy. Yeah. I say to him what he say now to me, to a little bit more clever, but um, I let him go. Mm, so, okay. and then we had a fantastic season yeah, with yeah. very young players wow. and Torga was playing on number 10 and we had a young midfield and... and so nice this season. Uh, yeah. And a great club. But was that an important move for you to get back into playing every week? Yeah, it was like my first professionals year. Yeah. And after when I went back, Hamburg, uh, of course, they watched uh, like they looked also uh, in a different way to oh. to me. So and then after that, I got a big injury, but then I recover and then they had me on the on the on the on the on the team. Yeah, you know, first I was a young kid, and then there was a player okay who can also play, and then from that moment I I start to play. Wow! And it was very interesting one story because we lost. 2009 against Thomas Tuchel Mainz under 19 mm. and then Torja come to Alemannia Aachen and um, and one year later come Thomas Tuchel with Mainz in the cup to us yeah. and they was number one in the Bundesliga and we was yeah. number 10 in the second Bundesliga and we was talking before and it was a big revenge and then we we won this match 2-1 it was incredible match it wow. was a gegenpressing match, pressing match Thomas Tuchel is also a rebel and he did the door open for the young coaches this yeah. I must say yeah. like, so this is uh, this is really the, the work of Thomas but uh, under 19 match we lost and one year later yeah that is football that is football yeah. that, wow. uh, it's, it's, uh, it comes around us sometimes you guys meet in Melbourne again like accidentally yeah. this is incredible yeah, this, is, this is and now you yeah. somehow you're in a, a random podcast it's even more yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the world's crazy huh yeah, yeah, I did many podcasts because if you have uh, not always a job, you must do marketing. Ah, you are. <laughs> but Tolga did the first podcast. Hey, this so, uh, we have yeah, everyone in Australia first, watches this, so we'll, we'll get some. I'm sure we'll get some clubs interested. Just with the coaching for you, like for a player, the mentor is the coach. But for a coach, when you're a young coach as well, who were the coaches that you took something from? That I, you know, I'm I'm German Dutch, and I was always uh, watching what the Dutch football is mm. doing yeah. so and for me it was Louis van Gaal okay it was interesting you know, because we met also the last years two three times together because he had also a university background I have also a university background in 1995 he played with a very young Ajax team he won the Champions League so and that was for me amazing and I, in this time I was 20 20 years old and um, this was a coach and also his behavior his uh, Charisma, his personality, I liked a lot. Wow! Yeah, he's a special coach. Yeah, absolutely. He's still coach, still coach now, Van Hal, or is he stopped? No, no, yes, he, uh, he has cancer, oh, and uh, oh, okay. now he coached last year in Dutch national That's team. That's right, he was with the national team, and also. now he's a little bit advisor by Ajax. Okay, okay, understood. Um, I want to talk Syria because you said one of the toughest league, yeah. if not the the one you played in. First, how did the move come to go to Italy? Ah. Uh, you know, I was like, uh, because the, in Fenerbahce, we, we didn't, uh, if you don't, if you're not champion, like they changed the team. 
Right. So, and we ended up my second year, I don't know, third or second. And um, yeah, they said, okay, we have to change the team. And uh, so I was, uh, as a Turkish player, I was the, the one with the high salary. And then um, they said, okay, like, uh, president, you have to go. <laughs> and I said, like, yeah, but um, so I have still two, two more years. So how we how we do that? And then um, I was really because this six years there, five and a half years, mentally it was like I said like okay I want to step back now. So I made a deal with Fenerbahce, and then I was like okay maybe I should step back and uh, just go near my hometown and uh, and then like Udinese called me. And then a few teams from the from the La Liga and uh, and I said like I say okay Udine is near to Germany, it's like a solid club in the Serie A. And after the big teams, it's the team. And um, yeah, I was quick. I said I want this. They say okay, and wow. then I say okay, I come. How was your time there? Because you played some great games there, no? You know, I came there. And the training, Italy is massive. Really? Yeah, I, yeah, really. I, I didn't. I, yeah, I should check it before. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was there, and like the training was, man, was running, was fitness, was like crazy. And Udinese is also very special, so everybody knew that like Udinese is like a hardworking. Okay. And I said to my agent, how you could bring me here, you know? <laughs> you like, know me. <laughs> at least you should like tell me that like they're crazy. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm not the guy who who likes that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and they let me straight play. What? So, and then I, the games, I was, I was good because the Serie A is really tough. It's always small spaces and uh, like I'm good in, in it. But like the first three months, I just trained twice a week and played because if I would train all, I couldn't play mm. because uh, I would get injuries. And then uh, time by time, uh, I had incredible, yeah, incredible three years. And then my last six months, they made like a big pressure to to sign. But this is also the business in, in football. If you mm. don't sign, then... Uh, you step back, yep. and then I say, okay, maybe I will sign. Then I played again from the beginning. <laughs> then they realized I won't sign. You know, <laughs> then I was out again. It was funny, but like I played a lot there, and um, yeah, it was such a nice club. Wow, wow! It so, was uh, the league was. Yeah, who who was some of the? I want to go into. I asked Peter as well. Some of the best players you coached, but the be, the toughest players you played against in your career. Or, or maybe I don't know some who is the, the toughest, the best, but best the most one who impressed me a lot was Slatan. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was like, uh, I played also against uh, Cristiano there, against uh, nearly everybody. But Slatan was different than wow. everybody because he was kind of coach on the pitch. He was like... <laughs> shouting. He was shouting to the... And everybody was just quiet. Like when he was shouting like... You could see the players, like the head goes down and, oh, fuck, Slatan said oh. something to me, you know. Wow. It was like that. And he was just like, and he was, 
monster, a beast, you know, on the pitch. And um, still, like, he, what, what, he was special on the ball, but, like, his attitude on the pitch, it was just, like, massive. Wow. It was, like, how he could take, uh, he made, like, the team, you know? Like, uh, yeah, you had the coach and you had him on the pitch. Like, you felt like, okay, there are two coaches. That's and special for a coach when you have that in a player, like a second, that can mirror you on guy, the pitch. You, know, you don't have this anymore. He yeah. was a guy, you know, he was like, he said also what, he's, what mm. he was thinking, you know. He, now, it's difficult to f have people like him. Yeah, he's one of the few people that gets away. He can say anything and, yeah. and no, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to perform as well. well if yeah, he do that, uh, even in in in, uh, in yeah. Holland, he had like big problems. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. then yeah, he, he scored did. some crazy goals. Like, and, uh, like, <laughs> like a master rebel. Yeah, yeah. master rebel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, you have, you, but now, now it's also you have many grey mouses, also as a players, but also as a coaches. You know, in the coach development, also in Germany and in Europe. Yeah, you can't say nothing anymore because then you go out from the system. But if you orient uh, the orientation to the best, the best coaches mm -hmm. are crazy. Yeah, Guardiola is crazy. Tuchel is crazy. Klopp is crazy. Um, uh, uh, Mourinho is crazy. It's very interesting. But we in the development, we look for yeah a little bit gray Moses coaches, yeah. and that is uh, and gray Moses coaches develop gray. Moses players. There you go. But so, I said like uh, this kind of coaches, it uh, like first for them it's even harder because they have to perform every week. Once they are not performing, these are the people who Balotelli, for example, he was like uh, when he's not performing, and then he had like a, a year bad year straight. He was out of the system. Yeah. You know, and cover, like yeah. these coaches for them were hard because they had to perform over years and years and years. Mm. And then they had like the big name that like they can do, like everybody going to accept them. But it's, man, you have to perform year after year after year wow. to get like uh, that uh, that uh, credit. You might be the first person on the podcast we've had that's played against Cristiano. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you have to tell us what that was like because arguably he's in the top two or three players ever. Yeah, he was. I, I, what he had, he was not like that big what I saw always in the TV, the TV uh, in the television. But uh, man, he was, when he was on the ball, you know, I always had, oh shit, like he going to score, you know? Yeah. And he always hits the target normally. So he was like, even when he had the bad shot, he hit the target and like he was in Juve and he was still on a top, top level. And uh, yeah, he was as a footballer, he was just amazing. But as a person, that's why I said like Zlatan impressed me a lot. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. I, d I never thought when you speak about Zlatan, you think ability, but you're speaking about the the yeah, whole person the, on the field, like, the yeah. in intimidating in a way, the yeah, way he was. Yeah. yeah, he was just like, and you, Cristiano was like, man, he was, it was Messi, he's the best in the world. Yeah. But uh, Zlatan was, uh, as an opponent, you feel also like, you know, he can't even smash you, you yeah. know. <laughs> you, so you felt like that, you felt bad, you know, yeah. just bad. But uh, yeah, he was, was a nice, but the league was, was, and you could see also when Cristiano left, 
like uh, many big players left as, as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I think this has been a been a fun podcast, Peter. I feel with your career, we have to get you in Australia. Yes, because I was yesterday in Melbourne. Yeah, in the nightlife, I must say. Uh, <laughs> it's no, good. but, no, but uh, without joking, uh, yeah, uh, I'm coach. You know, yeah. and and the problem is that sometimes um, um, I had tough years behind me. I must say, mm. and but coaching is also a little bit like drugs. Mm. At this, you have the adrenaline in the, in the stadium. You have uh, you developed a team. Um, uh, you never know you win or you lose. Yeah. And okay, you get money for this, but and and this is, but you must control this. And th now I can control this a little bit better. Mm -hmm. huh? I'm not a top controller, but and I know I I have a good eyes for talents. I can do players better. And I, for me, is it really a a, a fantastic moment to stay on the pitch. Yeah. I'm I'm with my heart and my soul and with my uh, passion and my intelligence. I'm field coach. And I cannot do this in this moment. Mm -hmm. So, and this is, this is, this is tough. I said to him, like, because he is like, because I felt also, he is like pure nature football. Mm. Because like, uh, because the Australians, they're down to earth. They're like humble. They're like good people. Uh, yeah. Good people. Like I was like, well, because after three months I was looking to my wife and we said like, oh, hey, it was the best decision. Yeah. Like maybe we we left so much money, but it was the best decision. Mm. So, and uh, that's why I said to him, hey, like here, man, they're going to, they're going to love you because like uh, you have, you don't have like, uh, he struggles also like with the voices around. Like, mm. oh yeah, the, you get the freedom here. Yeah, but the, the director the, everything. Come, the president comes, then this guy, this agent, and then you have like, okay, but here, like <clears throat> me as a player, I'm player. Yeah, uh, like I have a uh, fantastic stuff around. Everybody's doing his job, and here I said to him as well, like as a coach, I have the feeling like you can be coach, you can mm. make coach. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I hope. Uh, when I, I when I hear the story of Togai, I see very similar things about Peter. What I felt because he's like an inspirator. Mm. Mm. Yeah. When I was seventeen, and I came on the pitch with him for the first time, it's like he made me wanted to coach. And when I hear Tolgai about his story, he made him wanted to play. Mm. And when I, and when we now in Australia and we see the players, it's like they need some inspiration. And when we had the first session, for example, with the players, it's like the players a little bit scared first time, and maybe because of the of the of the the inspiration, the the, the, the voice, the the. But you you have to inspire players and mm. people, and that's what I think is he's very good at. Yeah. And especially also as an assistant coach or a player, it's like. Yeah, it's nice to work together. It's nice to, 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 yeah. Yeah, you, inspire you've written, but you've wrote books on football as well. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I think like, uh, how many, many things say. Uh, yeah, 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 I feel like you sleep with with football, huh? Like, it's, yeah, do you find it hard? Also with a woman, you find but, but it's also a difficult story. I must say, but sometimes, yeah, yeah, but you know. Um, if I was starting as a football coach and then you um, notice every session yeah. and, and, and I was also in the university I studied sports and psychology and then my, uh, my master thesis my master work was Dutch development in football as it was always football but I was diving in the sport and, and not 
to do career that was once again Thomas Duchel did the uh, the door open we never was thinking professional awesome. coach but um on one moment the chance was coming and uh but i like it yeah so and and maybe what Tolga said nah, um this under 19 dortmund feeling if i come back now is coming back to him i hope it's coming also back to me and yeah. if it's australia top and if it's another other country also top but um but on the other side, um, I must le learn also these political things. That mm. is not my, also a diplomat is, yeah. I think, not my best job. <laughs> but but I must learn this. Yeah, you have to play the but game. Yes, right? you play it's, the it's game. Annoying. And it's totally different since. He is not like this. You have to play games because no. he is like, everything is nature, you know? Beautiful. Well, Tolga, uh, Peter, Jason, thank you so much. Thank you. For all the listeners at home, that was, I mean, that was like a football education. Surely you guys have loved that. Mm. Um, we got to speak to some of the, the, got to understand some of the roots of German football at the highest level, which was in, uh, inspirational and incredible. So appreciate you guys. We'll keep going and we'll see you guys next week. Mm.